Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to Counseling On Demand. Here's your own private therapist. Anywhere, anytime. Fred Riley. What's up, everybody? Hey, welcome to another podcast, uh, Counseling On Demand. And uh, we're on, obviously, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We're doing a new segment. Watch for that. That's going to be, what was I thinking, Wednesdays. And uh, talking about the lighter side of things and learning how to enjoy uh, some of the things that we uh, don't do so well and not be so serious all the time. So that's uh, Wednesday's Watch for That segment. Uh, What was I thinking? And uh, if you're enjoying it, give us some feedback. Let us know. And if you have ideas of uh, stories to talk about on that, let us know as well. So today we're going to be talking about uh, needs. And there's a lot of therapists, a lot of um, presenters out there talking about needs. You know, we all have uh, basic human needs. I've talked about that on the podcast before, but I wanted to talk about needs in terms of uh, some things that I just realized uh, today, uh, thanks to a client. As a matter of fact, uh, you know what? I don't have it with me. I have a quote from a client yesterday that I meant to share. Um, some of my clients, not all of them, of course, but they don't have to, but I, uh, I learn a lot from my clients. And so we're going to talk about a uh, discussion that I had today uh, with one of my clients. And uh, so I'll give you a little bit of background on her and then uh, we'll take a break and talk about uh, what we can learn uh, from what we learned from her situation. So this gal is mid forties. Uh, she's married, has uh, a few kids and a uh, couple health problems, nothing Nothing uh, all that debilitating, but uh, more chronic and kind of overwhelming. Anyways, uh, she comes in uh, suicidal, and it's a weekly battle, um, really feeling like uh, she's a burden to everybody, really feeling like uh, she's not good enough, and really uncertain about her ability to make decisions. She double-checks and rechecks every thought she has. And one of the things that she says a lot, and and I want you to wonder, uh, think about this a little bit, um, maybe not the same background, but do you find yourself doing this? Um, every session, what I hear her saying is, is that normal? Okay, do you ever feel like you're not normal? She'll ask again and again if she has an opinion. I'll kind of pull it out of her like a dentist pulls a tooth, and I'll say, um, I'll tell her what I think, and then she'll respond to that. But the question she has is, is that normal? And that's a very serious question uh, slash statement because what she's really saying, and something for you to think about is, she's really saying, I don't know what's normal. And I thought I knew what normal was in terms of what's funny, what's not, what's okay to say, what's not okay to say. But she has such a filter from her upbringing that says, okay, um, you better understand and know that what you think and feel is normal before you even say anything. And so our sessions are getting better, but she spends a lot of time not saying anything. If I stay quiet for a minute, two minutes, uh, she'll enjoy that because it gives her time to not have to say anything. So by history... 
a very controlling mom, a brother that uh, crossed some boundaries with her, that type of thing. Um, different issues, a sister uh, that does not continues to not be very nice. A lot of uh, emotional abuse, physical abuse growing up. And this uh, gal, uh, at some point in her life when she was a teen, she realized that, hey, this isn't normal, this isn't okay, so she ran away, uh, got addicted to drugs, and found herself back into into treatment and ultimately back at home. So she comes to me um, assured of herself that uh, she doesn't have needs and that uh, the needs that she has, um, if she does have them, they interfere, they cause harm, they cause grief, um, pressure, burden on other people. And so what we talked about today and was needs. Uh, actually, last week I, I introduced her to this idea of needs, and she came in today and talked about those needs. We learned a couple things that are pretty interesting, and I want to talk about those things. Before we take a break and talk about that, what I want to do is I want you to be mindful and think of needs. Get online. What are needs? Now, needs are not being needy. Okay, Needs are in, innate, inborn things that help us feel accepted, included, and so forth. So really quick ones to keep, keep in mind. The need to be acknowledged, maybe. The need to be heard. Okay, the need to know. The need for inclusion. Okay, I say three or four. There's a lot of needs, but we narrow it down to three or four needs. Now, when you think about these needs, what you're going to find is if you watch an old video of you when you're a child, you're going to see a certain behavior like the need to be heard. You're going to see that, and you're going to see it again in your current situation, and you're going to see it at the old folks' home as well. Those needs do not change. Why do they not change? And that was the big discussion that we had today was, okay, why do these needs persist? Why do these needs have to keep happening? She thought it was a cruel trick, maybe from God, because these needs persist. Why do they, especially if depression and anxiety are the byproduct of that falling short of those needs being met. So when we when we come back, we're going to talk for a few minutes about what we came up with today as a possible need or meaning of needs. on demand. I am your host, Fred Riley. So we're talking about needs. Uh, needs are not needy, right? A lot of times in situations, uh, family and so forth, they, they tend to reframe uh, needs as needy and therefore they're annoyed by the things that we need. We don't select these needs. I believe these are needs that are developed very early, if not even uh, before birth. And so the idea is the difference between what we need and our expectations equals a lot of times anxiety, depression, so on and so forth. And so what this gal, I was telling you a little bit about her story, what she was essentially saying is that she identified some needs. By the way, she nailed them. I I couldn't think of uh, any better way to label those needs. She nailed these needs, and what we started talking about was what is the purpose of needs. And she said, I would prefer to not have these needs. I just want to turn them off. She asked questions like, can I just turn these needs off? And so that got us into kind of a philosophical place, thinking about purpose of needs, can you turn them off, so on and so forth. So think to yourself, um, if you're this lady, and maybe you can identify with this, why, what, what gets you to that place where you have thoughts of turning off those needs? She said she didn't even want those needs. 
So the idea is why have you been in that place and what took you to that place where um, those needs were more of a burden, where you didn't want those needs? And if you have a similar experience as she has, the idea is, you know what, those needs are just reminders of how of disappointment, of falling short, not being good enough. And so rather than, um, you know, step up falsely, put herself out there as someone that has valid needs, she would rather turn them off because she doesn't want to keep finding out and you'll keep getting hurt. And so the idea of, you know, I presented how she comes into session. Uh, she's wondering what's normal, what's not normal. She's very careful. She's very reluctant, right, because she learned to be very mindful of uh, her needs and how they may impact other people and the extent to which they weren't valid. As a matter of fact, let's, I asked her to put a percentage. Listen to this. Uh, one of her needs is the need to predict. Um, we all have that need, by the way. We have the need for consistency. Anything living on this earth has the need to predict so we know when to feed. We know when to do. We know when to get scared. We know all these different things. Well, her criteria for prediction is this. Okay, the world has to be 98% predictable, 98, okay? And when the world is 2% unpredictable, she shuts down, she's in bed for days because she was foolish, even at 98%, she was foolish in her mind to rely on that 98% predictability, okay? So she has this very fine-tuned rule that says, okay, my need for predictability will never be sufficient enough. So what's the idea? Why are we going to have a need that has got us on alert so much? And this is what I came up with, and this is what we kind of visited about. Maybe those needs, um, we can view them as guides, okay? Guides that allow us to, um, I also come kind of like testaments, but the idea is, okay, we're born, and those of you that have heard this before, we're born with innate worth and value. Okay, that cannot change. And despite all the things, you know, that we learned, that we're not normal, that we're a burden and so forth, maybe those needs, like the need to be heard, the need for trust, the need to help, she has a need to contribute. Isn't that a cool one? She has two needs. One is to contribute, and the other one is closeness. Uh, what did she call it? I can't remember what she called it. The need to uh, have deep, meaningful relationships. Well, she learned that those needs got in the way. Well, needs, okay, they follow us. They're guides. I kind of picture a bowling alley, right? If you bowl like me, you put the guides up on the side. The idea is it allows you to bounce around a little bit, but they keep you within parameters. So the need to hear, the need to be there, the need to be appreciated, the need for acknowledgement, those, I believe, are guides that allow us to say, despite everything that you've been through, depression, anxiety, acceptance, all those things will fall within the parameters of these guidelines. And so no matter what people have told you, that drive to be heard will persist. It will not change. It cannot change. It was with you when you were born. It's with you now. And it will be with you when you're an old fart at some uh, old folks' home. So why do they persist? She was wondering if it was for torture and agony. But one of the things we talked about and something for you to think about is maybe the persistence of those needs uh, serve as a guide with a promise that no matter what you've been through, you'll be able to have the opportunity to know what's right for you and to return to that. In the in the case of the need to uh, be acknowledged, okay? The idea is you've been living for 40 years, you've learned that you're not to be acknowledged, that you're not important, okay? This guide 
the guide we're going to call acknowledgement persists. And what it does is it allows you to always have the opportunity to grow out of the falsehoods that you learn. It gives you an opportunity to find the truths that indeed you are for being acknowledged. It gives you that argument against the past. If we didn't have those needs that persisted, then we would have uh, no sense of purpose, we would have no sense of direction, and we would accept a long time ago that, hey, we are not for those things. Reality is something inside of us persists. Look at your needs. Look online for a list of needs. Narrow it down to three or four that are really the ones that stand out. You know, we can, there's lists that have 17, 18 needs. We don't have that many needs. But you talk to a partner, a spouse, friend, and maybe they can help you identify those a little bit. One of my needs is to be understood. And so if you're in session with me, you'll hear me say, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I say that a lot. People that see me, they'll walk up and they'll, that's the first thing they say to me is they'll say, you know what I mean? They're kind of making fun of me. But that's my need, right, to be heard, but also my need to be understood. That's really important to me. Okay, so those needs are going to persist regardless of what the world has to say about us. And they're kind of a, they're kind of a mile marker or a landline that we can refer back to um, to reestablish, re-identify ourselves despite what we've learned from the past. So that's a little uh, moment there on needs. Uh, take your time to look on needs and evaluate what your needs may be uh, telling you and, uh, and follow those guides and see what you can do to lift the anxiety depression based on those guides. I'm Fred Riley. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. You can find us online at gettingbacktolife.com. That's getting back to number two, life.com. 